So hi, welcome to the Bram Stoker Club podcast. Uh, this is a paper that I presented back in Freshers Week, which is called The Red, White and Blues, How to Make Being a Northerner Your Entire Personality. So hi there. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Hannah and I'm from Tyrone. I'm a very simple woman. I'm not into fads. In fact, I use my Nutribullet to blend up exactly 47 McNuggets every day because the fatty deposits around my heart stop me from being lonely. It is this simplicity that means I have one personality trait, and that is where I'm from. Imagine a world where every single thing is split into two boxes, one marked prod and one marked Catholic, one British, one Irish, tarred with a green or orange brush, Queen Lizard, Pope Frankie, soccer or football, black and tan and orange. What I have just described is a cultural binary that underpins the wretched torn up land from whence I heal. Northern Ireland, or should I say the occupied six, or should I say Ulster without the Michelle and Kelly Rowland counties known as Monaghan, Cavan and Donegal. No matter the name or the struggle, it consumes every fibre of my being and my soul. Being Northern is more than what the kids are now calling a big mood. It's a way of life and it's my cross to bear. So I know what you're thinking. She's Northern. She's seen some heavy, dark things. She's not to be messed with. She's a hard nut, not one to meet in a dark alley. But I have one debilitating secret that stops this assumption from becoming reality. So, they say the first step to recovery is through admitting you have a problem. So my name is Hannah Weir, and I am a Protestant. And not just any Protestant, oh no. The fire within my loins was satellite by Northern Protestantism. Protestantism that had Henry VIII's wig well and truly snatched from beyond the grave and strewn across the South Armagh border. Transubstantiation? Think more metaphorical, sweaty. It's more than a religion, it's a culture. One embellished with flags and red, white and blue street corners. By God save the Queen. And of course, marching. Protestants love a good march. A parade. An event. Live for it. Banging drums and smiling faces from bodies of all shapes and sizes. But not at all like the gay rainbow parade. Not at all. Any proddy parades are exclusively orange. Whether the 12th is more or less entertaining than pride is yet to be seen. I'm yet to see a member of the Orange Order do a death drop in a latex bodysuit in full bondage though. But God forbid there be any other colour of the rainbow present during proddy parade season. Because that would be just a tad too close to looking like those blasted pesky homosexuals. And trust me ladies and gents, you don't want to get the prods started on the gays. We all know the well-known symptoms of Protestantism are, in no particular order, being a dry shite, hating migrants, chronic homophobia, and shedding your skin every six to eight weeks. God love Arlene Foster, though. The woman's hair looks like someone's dead Jack Russell took refuge on her scalp. Suppose it's to be expected when she wouldn't let Jonathan from Queer Eye do her blow dry without having to take a bath every time he flips his hair. It would be easy to compare the many layers of the northern psyche to Dante's circles of hell. And one such notable and blazing circle is that of northern politics. You want a coherent sense of nationality? You've come to the wrong party, bucko. As that wonderful ceasefire document the Good Friday Agreement states, I can be British, I can be Irish, or I can be both at the same time. 
like Hannah Montana, but more Hannah Fermanagh. And instead of a wig, I've got two embassies to run and take refuge in if I ever find myself at the centre of an international scandal. But realistically, if you're going to live like a pig, you might as well wallow in the dirt, milk the cow dry, and ride it all the way to the county fair. I'm Irish when I'm on holiday and want the locals to be nice to me. I'm Irish when it comes to travelling in the EU in the near future. But on the other hand, as soon as I start getting the sniffles, I can well and truly say my skin is white, my blood is red, and my veins are as blue as this queen-loving Brit is bombing up the M1 across the border to get Her Majesty's sweet, sweet government paid for NHS drugs into my royal system. I'll have Margaret Thatcher's face tattooed on my ass before I even entertain the thought of paying for a prescription. Why let... 800 years of petty squabbling get the better of you when you can finesse the system for all it's worth. Long live the Queen, and when I die, let it be known that I was not only happy, but pumped that so many state-paid-for antibiotics, I single-handedly will be responsible for the next outbreak of plague once the germs start mutating against our systems. As I proudly like to tell you all, I am a child of the ceasefire. Born after the Good Friday Agreement, my very existence is living proof that peace is possible. Not to put too fine a point on it, but I am very simply a beacon of hope. In fact, my parents being very forward-thinking and very hello-woke culties sat me down to declare if I wanted to bring home a Catholic boyfriend, it wouldn't be a problem at all. So of course, I don't see that as a mere blessing or permission. I see that as a challenge. I am now determined to live up to, to the hope the generation before me had by finding the most Catholic boy possible and making him my betrothed. It'll be my utmost pleasure to land home with my Gwilgore husband, thoroughbred nationalist on our football, football team of immaculately conceived kids with the dirtiest Irish names ever. Hello, Dimpla Anasomta. Times have changed now, ladies and gents. Gone are the days of the local people coming at you with pitchforks at the very thought that you would let a, a dirty, heathen, merry-healing home ruler into your precious lady garden. Nowadays, it's said the ghost of the Reverend Dr. Ian Peasley himself shall make the lights above your sinful marriage bed flicker and fire a copy of the Good Friday Agreement across the threshold, making his wrath known. So, needless to say... I'll be right beside my Ouija board, looking forward to it immensely. Then, of course, there's my accent. The land from where I'm from hails a merry yet dulcet tone. Recently voted the sexiest accent in the world. We can make baking with flour get you all hot and bothered. I'm sure whenever Martin McGuinness met the Queen, shook her hand and dressed it up with a chirpsy, How are you keeping? She was ready to leap into his arms and throw the six counties in as a wedding present. I wasn't aware my accent had magical, mysterious powers until I came to Dublin, particularly over you city boys out there. You can see them falling under my spell with every eye and what about you? Their pupils dilate, their hearts go like the clappers, and their souls are soaring as they think, oh wow, she's exotic. The way I say four R par shar drives them wild. Their egos inflate at the thought of being the one to bring this wild, culty northerner into civilization. Like Aladdin spinning jasmine away in his magic carpet, only instead of some lad from Mary's or Blackrock buying me a chop to bring me back to his place, which is the basement room he rents from his parents, and making me do the walk of shame again home via the dart. Well and truly a whole new world. Despite my accent being quite the seductive superpower, 
It's really difficult to wake up every morning crippled by my inability to say the name of the thing that you look at yourself with. A mirror? A mirror? A mirror? I've often contemplated setting up a GoFundMe in order to achieve my dream of one day having a South County Dublin accent. But for now, I'll revel in all the Nadine Coyle memes because after all, I love the attention. To any and all fellow Northerners who may be listening, there's probably a big chance you went to a school with a saint's name in it, grew up playing football with your hands or hockey with those big wooden spoons. Our Northern Irish narratives are completely different. You have your Irishness. You have your Catholic guilt. Coming to Dublin to you was essentially like levelling up or the next step of evolution. You're doing just fine. I have to deal with the paranoia that my Irish-speaking friends are talking shit about me in this strange new language. And sometimes I think the Lewis lady is actually out to get me. It's times like these where I have to remind myself, I might be Protestant. But it could be way worse. I could be English, actually English, with a British passport being my only viable identity and option, with an actual sense of Britishness and not one made up of caricatures of the Queen or Ma or Big Ian, or thinking colonialism is actually grand as long as the other people from other countries have, don't have the audacity to try and settle in your own country legally whilst you're off in Benidorm sitting in a British pub and vomiting on ancient Spanish architecture. But it's fine. I'm wrapped up in a little bubble of ambiguity. At least when I vomit on the streets of MAGA, I can dish out the Irish card and be rest assured the locals think I'm gas and let it excuse everything.